Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. All right, how many of you stayed up late watching the ball game last night? Yeah, baby! How many of you are already planning to go to the World Series? Anybody planning to go? Okay, good, few, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I planned it, and then I got on and looked at the tickets, <laughs> and my plans changed. <laughs> I got a front row seat for free at home. Like, it's going to be awesome. I love it. So anyway, hey, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Look, this, today's your first time to come. You picked a great day to come because we're kicking off a brand new series today called Roots, and so you're getting in right on the front end. Now, if you've been here before, today's a very special day for you to be here, because if you're here before and you came to our last series called Stop, Collaborate, and Listen, um, today's a special day for you, because um, in that last series, literally after every single week, I, people found me in the, in the lobby and they just said, hey, Pastor Mike, man, God has done some huge things in my life, and, and God had, God has God stirred up a bunch of stuff that you know, maybe they had pushed to the side or maybe that they had just like, ignored and hope would kind of fix itself over time. And they just, or maybe they just even pushed God to the side. But in that series, man, God started a lot of healing in a lot of people's lives. And so today, this series is going to talk about how do we grow our roots deep, okay? Because here's my concern. That whenever God does something really good in a person's life, whenever that happens, pretty soon after that, the devil comes along and tries to knock us down. He'll, he'll, try, to, he'll try to push down so that we would never get back up again. And, you know, maybe that comes from, you know, getting a bad review at work, or maybe someone loses their job, or maybe they get crossways with another student or group of students at school, and so then they feel alone or they feel isolated. Or maybe they go, you know, we go through a, a difficult financial time, like a lot of people did during Hurricane Harvey. Or maybe there's miscommunication within a family, and so that we get, odd, get at odds with the people that we love, and maybe there's some kind of a falling out. But regardless, and maybe all that stuff kind of seems like it might be circumstantial, but it's not. It's actually spiritual. It's spiritual opposition, because God has done something and wants to continue to do something great, but the evil one comes and tries to come against us and try to knock us down so that we don't continue far, farther with you know, God moving powerfully in our life. Now, here is the bigger danger in all of that. If we let adversity knock us down and keep us down, if we allow that to happen and we go back on commitments that we've made to the Lord, especially commitments that people have made during this last year, if we go back on those commitments, inadvertently, we are teaching ourselves what it's like not to follow through on commitments. And when we do that, that has the potential to spill over into other areas of our lives. And so therefore, we might teach ourselves how to not keep commitments in marriage or to sexual purity or um, to debt reduction or to reading the Bible or to going to church or even little things like exercise and eating habits. 
But here's the thing. When I do keep my commitments, especially when I keep my commitments to God, even when the going gets tough, when I keep those commitments anyway, then the opposite is true. I teach myself what it feels like to keep a commitment even in the face of adversity. And that has huge payoffs for so many areas in our lives. I mean, it's huge. Think about this. You have to think about it like this. Think about, think, we need to think about our lives like as a tree. Okay, if you think about your life as a tree, and every time we make a commitment to God and we keep it, every time we make a commitment to God and we keep it, our roots grow just a little bit deeper. You know, every time we come to church and we hear a spiritual truth and we allow it to sink into, deep into our hearts, our roots grow a little bit deeper. Every time we attend a small group, our roots grow a little bit deeper. Every time we follow through on a commitment that we make, our roots grow a little bit deeper. Every time we read our Bible, every time we pray, every time we pray with our spouse, every time we pray with our kids, every time we do anything in our lives that God's calling us to do and we follow through and we do it, our roots grow a little bit deeper. And then, over time, our roots have grown so deep and, and, and so solid in our relationship with God that when the winds of adversity begin to blow, we might, we might even bend a little bit. But we're not going over. Like, we're not going to get knocked down because our roots are too deep. We know too much. We've seen too much. We've experienced too much because of our commitments that we've followed through in our lives. And my friends, that is how we grow to maturity in Christ. And it's all because of roots. It's all because of roots. So a couple of weeks ago, I sat down um, with the teaching team here at the park, and that's, that's myself, it's Pastor Gary, it's Pastor Adam, and Pastor Will. We sat down and we started talking about this series called Roots, and our, our discussion quickly went to, what is it that God has done in our own personal lives that have caused us to grow roots? What is, it, what is it about us that God has done? Because if it works for us, probably work for most people. And so we identified quickly nine things that God has done in our lives that has helped us grow roots. So in this series, we're going to share all nine of those things. And the more of, and, and, and the more of those nine things that we do, the deeper our roots will grow. And these, these nine things are not in any order of importance, and they're not in any you know, sequence. They're just nine things. And so I want us to start with the first three of them today, and then we're going to look, but we'll look at all nine of them through this series. So go ahead and pull out your message notes, and let's get started. So what causes my roots to grow deeper in my relationship with God? Here's the first thing that causes roots to grow deep. I need to find ways to obey. I just need to find ways to obey, okay? Now, let me, um, let me use the whiteboard because I, wanna, I want you to see this really clearly, okay? So let's, you know, just say that, you know, here's the ground, and when someone first becomes a Christ follower, okay, the seed of the gospel gets planted, you know, in their life, and just, you know, like a little tree gets started, they begin to grow. And, and, and when a tree gets started, it has a taproot, and that's about all it has. But this taproot really is a relationship 
with Jesus Christ. Because when you first become a believer in Christ, that's just what it is. That's what you know. Because you've put your faith in Jesus and asked him to forgive you, and you've trusted him to save you, and you've committed to follow him. But that's about it. That's about as much as a new Christ follower knows. Now, here's the problem. The problem with that, I mean, well, the good part is, first off, as long as that commitment is real, that person is going to go to heaven when they die. Because Jesus has forgiven them for all their sins. Now, the bad part is that if opposition comes against that person, there's just not much of a root system there, and so it's easy for that person to fall over. And that indeed does happen for some people, doesn't it? It becomes easy for them to fall over because they just don't have much root to grow. But when we find ways to obey God, our roots begin to grow. And in the Bible, a couple of easy ways that people obey. In the Bible, one of the first ways that Jesus calls people to obey is through baptism. Is through baptism. And when we commit to be baptized, our roots begin to grow that way. And for instance, look what the Bible says. In Matthew, verse 13 Verse 21, hey, let me give you the, um, well, let me, let me give you the context here. What Jesus is talking about, he is actually describing in a parable what it's like when people don't have roots. Look what he says in verse 21. He says, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. So what Jesus is describing is someone who doesn't have much root, when trouble or opposition comes, they quickly fall away. But what happens when we begin to obey? And one of the first things that Jesus asks anybody to obey is in the realm of baptism. The context of this next scripture that you see here in Acts 8.36 is that Philip, one of the disciples, has just shared Jesus with a guy in a chariot. So they're driving along. The guy has just chosen to commit to Christ. And look what happens in verse 36. As they were traveling along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And so they end up getting out of the chariot, and the guy gets baptized right then. Because look, here's the thing. In the early church, in the first century church, People became baptized almost immediately after they became Christ followers. It was almost, in fact, it became, it was almost, it was so immediate that a lot of times people confused becoming a Christian with being baptized. They thought you had to be baptized in order to become a Christian. That's actually not true, okay? Baptism does not make you a believer. It shows that you already believe. But... What the Bible is clear about is that baptism is one of the first things that we do, and it causes us to grow roots. Another thing, another early thing that causes us to grow roots is to join a church. That causes us to grow roots when we join a church. I want you to look what the Bible says again. Let's look at what the, happens in the earliest mention of the church in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, beginning verse 41, those who accepted his message, the message of Jesus, were baptized, okay, like there's the first step that grows roots, and about 3,000 were out of the number that day. So, and look what they did right after they were baptized. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. I want you to circle the word the. It's probably the only time we'll ever circle the word the in church, okay? But the presence of that definite article, the, means that they're not talking about an activity, like, hey, we're, you know, we're hanging out, we're talking about how great the Astros are. Well, they wouldn't have talked about that anyway. But, but they were talking about, an, not an activity, but an entity. They're talking about the fellowship. They didn't know what to call it at that, at that day and time, and they didn't have any buildings, so they just met in the temple courts, but they were committed to the fellowship of believers. That's the church. They were committed to the church. That's what they were doing. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. And so, you know, for you, one of the easiest ways to commit to follow Jesus and to obey is to join a church. And see, when you do these two things, it starts roots to grow. But it doesn't stop there. Because then maybe you commit that you're going to start you're going to read the Bible. And when you commit to start reading the Bible, that causes your roots to continue to grow. And then you think, okay, well then maybe now I'm going to commit and I'm going to start going to a small group because that's where we're really going to start studying the Bible. When you do that, then that causes your roots to continue to grow. But it doesn't stop there because then maybe you say, okay, well now I'm going to start giving and now I'm going to start giving. When I start doing that, then that causes my roots to grow. But then I'm going to take it to another notch, and I'm going to obey God, and I'm going to start tithing. That means I'm going to start giving 10% of, my, uh, of what I earn, and I'm going to give it to God just like the Bible says. But it doesn't, it doesn't even stop there. Because then maybe you decide, well, I'm going to go on a, on a mission trip. Because I want to see what God's doing in the world, and I want to be a part of what God is doing in the rest of the world. And when you do that, then that helps you begin to grow roots. But again, it doesn't have to stop there. Because then you think, okay, well, God, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start upping my moral game. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind to other people. Whenever I start to do that, then it helps me continue to grow roots. And now I'm going to always, God, I'm going to always tell the truth, no matter what. And even when it makes me look bad but I'm going to always tell the truth. And then you think, okay, God, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to do some other things. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to help the poor. Oh, that was terrible. I'm going to help the poor in our community. And I'm going to get involved and I'm going to start getting involved in some causes that are outside the church. But whatever it is that you've got to do, you've got to do some things to start continuing to grow in your relationship with God. You know, and maybe for you it continues to say, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to commit my life to sexual purity Maybe as a teenager, or maybe even as an adult and you're single, or single again, or even purity within your marriage. And that's going to, you know, continue to help you grow your life. And then you're going to say, you know what, okay, I'm going to start talking about Jesus on social media. I'm going to start posting about what God is doing in my life, and I'm going to do more than just post about the burrito I ate last night, right? I mean, I'm just so sick of watching, of looking at what people ate. Who cares? I want to know what God's doing in somebody's life, okay? And then you think, okay, I'm going to start praying with my wife. I'm going to start praying with my kids, and that helps me grow roots in my life. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start doing other things. Let me, I'm going to start memorizing scripture. You know, whenever I read something in the Bible or in small group or in church, I'm going to, you know, start memorizing whatever it is that I read. And so look, here's the thing. All of these things 
Don't miss this. All of these things are connected to this taproot of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if they're not, if they're not, then what that means is that person becomes a religious legalist because there's no love and there's no grace for anyone else that doesn't maintain these same kinds of commitments. Because love and grace for other people only come when we're connected to the taproot of Jesus Christ. And all these things, all these things flow out of a relationship with him. Okay, now look. Here's my point. Here's where I'm going with all this. Or here's one of the points. If all this is true in our lives, when the winds of opposition blow, when someone maybe mocks us for becoming a Christ follower, when someone maybe makes fun of us for how we spend our weekends and the commitments that we make, and they think, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. How can you believe something so naive and dumb? When someone makes fun of us, is that going to cause us to fall over when we've got this kind of a root system? No, of course not. Because we know too much, we've seen too much, we've experienced too much, and it all comes from things that we have found, ways that we have found ways to obey. When we find ways to obey, it causes our roots to grow deep. That's, that's what we're getting at here, okay? Now, here's kind of the big point of all this, okay? Let's look at, and, and when we do, we're no longer that little seedling you know, we're a huge tree at that stage of the game. So, but catch this. Two of the easiest ways to obey are through baptism and starting a church. And, you know, for some reason, I don't really know why this is true, but for some reason there's a lot of people that think, oh, baptism. Man, that, that's like, that's a commitment that's like way down here. Or joining a church, man, that's a commitment. Oh, I don't know, that could be committed. Look, in the early church, the earliest Christians, baptism was one of the very first things that they did. And as far as joining a church, for them, in the New Testament, in the early church, they didn't go through this long process of, you know, visiting as many churches as they could, and then just, you know, taking months and months and months and months and months and months, and months to figure out where they were getting. No, they just went, and they got committed, and that's where they were. So, for us, these are two things that we can do that immediately causes our roots to grow. Immediately. So here's what I'm telling you. If you've never been baptized, you need to commit. Just do it. Just get baptized. If you've never been baptized by mercy, do that. If you've never joined a church, then step over the line, baby. Like, I don't know what you're waiting on. Just join. Just become a part of a church. Look, if it's not this church because you're from out of town, then join another church. It doesn't matter. But be a part of a church because it helps you grow roots. It helps you grow roots. And maybe you've, even, maybe you've even thought about becoming a Christ follower before. Because look, remember, it all starts here with the relationship with Christ. If you've never become a Christ follower, that, you have to start there. And then you start making these other commitments to finding ways to obey. So if you've never become a Christ follower, there's a prayer. It's in your message. So I want you to start by praying that prayer right now, okay? But this is how we grow roots. All right, let's move on. A couple other things that help us grow roots today. Or actually, any day. <laughs> so number two is this. I need to believe that God pursues me as much as I pursue him. I need to believe that God pursues me as much as I pursue him. See, sometimes we approach life 
like, you know, God is way off in heaven, and I've got to do all these things in order to pursue a relationship with him. That is not the picture we get in the Bible. It's what we think we have to do. We think we have to jump through those religious hoops in order to find God. But that's not what the Bible actually says. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. The context here is that Jesus is telling a parable, and in the parable, we are the sheep, God is the shepherd. Look what it says. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep and underline these last four words, until he finds So, in the parable, who does the looking? The shepherd, God. God does the looking, okay? And how long does God search for lost sheep? Until he finds it. God is the one that does the pursuing. God is the one that is searching. And so, look, one thing that you've got to understand in your search for God, it's not like God is far off. He's searching for you. And he's waiting for you to come to him. Now, once a person does come to God and becomes a Christ follower by accepting his son Christ in their life, look what the Bible says happens next. In Deuteronomy, what God promises, Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now look, why is that important? Here's why. It's because there are going to come times in life when there's some dry seasons. Because look, sometimes in your life, you're not going to feel close to God. You're, you're just not gonna feel it. I can promise it's gonna happen. That's what's called a dry season, when you don't feel very close to God. And sometimes it's during those dry seasons that people give up. Sometimes it's during those dry seasons that because they can't feel God's presence, because they don't feel close to God, because they don't have that euphoria that they had when they first became a Christ follower, that they, you know, they just give up. They quit going to church, and they quit being involved, and, and they can even talk themselves out of believing. They can even talk themselves out of that they even believe in God. I've seen it happen. And look, I'm just tell you, like in my personal life, I've had some dry seasons. I mean, I've had, I've had some dry seasons in my own personal life. I mean, there's a time when I went through a dry season, it lasted months, months. But you know what I did? I kept praying. I kept reading my Bible. I kept serving. I kept giving. I kept obeying. And all the while, when I'm praying, I'm telling you, it's just crickets, just nothing. Nothing. But I just kept doing what I knew I was supposed to do. And then, like one day, just without warning, no, no like supercharged spiritual event. I mean, it was just like one day I'm just praying and it's like, oh, there you are. And all of a sudden I could feel my Heavenly Father again. And that's what it's like. I mean, there, there's almost no anticipation of when a dry season is going to end, but it, it, it just does. 
And then at that point in time, it's over. Now, there's three things that are true about dry seasons, okay? Let me give them to you, write these down, okay? Here's the first thing that's true. Every dry season has an end. Every dry season has an end. I mean, no matter how long it goes, days, weeks, months, even years, I went through a dry season one time, lasted over a year, over a year. But it always has an end. And look, when a dry season ends, let the Lord find you still serving, still obeying, still reading, still praying, still being faithful, even when you don't feel like he's close. Let him find you being faithful, okay? Here's the second thing. Second thing about dry season is that every dry season is a season of growth. Every dry season is a season of growth. Because look, when you go through a dry season, that's when your roots grow deep. Look, getting back to our tree. When a tree goes through a dry season, that's when the tree finally, that's when the tree really sends its roots deep in order to search for water. Because look, if water is always available, all the roots stay shallow. That's not healthy for a tree long term. But when it's dry, man, that's when the tree really sends its roots deep in order to find water. And then when the rains finally do come, the tree is in better shape because its roots are deeper and it's healthier. The same is true for you and it's true for me. When I go through a dry season, Man, that is when I search for God and I try to find him and I stay committed to doing what he's telling me to do and that causes me to grow deep because now I know what it feels like to be faithful when I don't feel close to God. And when I know what it's like to be faithful when I don't feel close to God, that makes me a deep, committed follower of Christ. And it does the same for you too. See how that works? That's huge. Okay, here's the third thing that's always true about dry season. During the dry season, God is always near. He's always near. Look, just because God's, just because you don't feel God, that doesn't mean he's not near. He is near. In fact, when you get to the end of the dry season, when, you get, when it's over, you'll realize he was never very far. Look, it's like a baby when, in a crib when mom and dad close the door and walk out. The most times babies start freaking out, like they're crying, and they can just cry their face off because they can't feel mom or dad close anymore. But is mom and dad very far away? No. Do mom and dad know what's going on? Absolutely they do, because like they're looking at the monitor, right? <laughs> they see all. Same is true with our Heavenly Father when he's on the other side of the door, and it doesn't feel like he's near. He knows, he sees, and he can open the door and come in in a moment. But just because we can't feel him doesn't mean he's really very far. In fact, he's very near. And there's tons of places in the Bible that show us that. Okay, all right. Let's move on, number three, here's number three. Let's wrap it up today. Third thing that causes my roots to grow deep is this. Because God does not change, neither should my commitments. Neither should my commitments. Numbers 23, 19 says this. Um, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. James 1, 16, 17 says, Do not be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not 
change like shifting shadows. I went, look, bottom line, God doesn't change. Like, his standards of right and wrong do not change, which means that whenever God has asked you to make a commitment to him, to either give something up or start something new, to give up an old habit, to embrace a new habit, whenever God has asked you to do that, it doesn't mean that six months later that you try to renegotiate the terms or you go back on that commitment. God hasn't changed. His standards of right and wrong are still the same. His desires for you have not changed. And so what I'm telling you is that whatever commitments you make to God, keep them. And if there's commitments that you've made in the past and you've gotten away from them, then go back. Because God's not the one that's changed. He doesn't change. And his desires and his standards for you are still the same. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.